Hey, what's going on? So today I want to talk about one of the things that I learned from RSD that I believe is the most underrated, but one of the most useful things that I've learned that have exponentially improved my results over the years, not just with my communication or my results when it came to my dating life, but also in other areas of your life, in my life. Um, so I know I've been talking a lot about what I disagree about RSD with or what I disagree with RSD about, but there are some things and practices that I still use to this day that I find are incredibly useful. And I actually see one of the most useful practices for me that I see a lot of guys missing out on is something that I noticed a pattern when I was coaching at Immersion. The best guys in the program, the guys that improved the fastest would do it. And I noticed all the instructors would do it, but it was crazy because like 80% of the other guys wouldn't do it. And ironically enough, they wouldn't really, or coincidentally enough, they wouldn't really get results. And I think this is actually a factor that has a strong correlation when it comes to improvement. And it's actually something that you could use, not just with your dating life, but I've actually used it in business. I've used it when it came to learning a new skill, uh, like sales, for example, is ba basically when I came into business, one of the first things that I was learning was sales. And I would use this to improve my skills in it. So what is it? Well, it's actually field reports. And I've noticed that a lot of guys don't really write field reports, but some of the best guys that I've seen improve in whatever outcome that they want. So I know at the time when I was in RSD, um, there's a certain outcome that we were all going for, but this also applies to other areas of your life too. If you're trying to lose weight, if you're trying to uh, make more money, if you're trying to invest more, whatever it is, I believe in the power of documentation and reflection. So with field reports, the reason why I believe it's so effective is because you're getting yourself to reflect on what you're doing and you can come up with solutions to adjust. And there's actually one other thing that I want to talk about because most guys, including myself at one point, most guys don't do this correctly. And when I say correctly, it's all about personal preference. I understand that. But what I mean is for myself, I didn't really see how effective it was until I included this one extra step that I actually kind of learned from Max. He, uh, he was coaching at Immersion at one point, And I remember he asked the entire room, okay, so what is one thing that you found funny from last night? And it was really interesting because most of the room couldn't think of a single thing. And it was because we were all so focused on the results. We were also focused on the tactics and techniques and strategies that we totally neglected the, the fun part of it. What was funny from last night? What was, what was emotionally stimulating from last night? And that's what I want to talk about today too is the importance of emotional intelligence and how do you actually develop that. 
And this is very closely tied to what I was studying in grad school. I actually studied in grad school for a couple of months and then I dropped out. But my main focus of research was actually in subjective measures of well-being. And the reason why I believe this is really one of the most important topics is because, yes, emotions and well-being and happiness, we think of these things as subjective, right? We think of these things as you can't really measure them, that it depends from person to person. But this is really how you cultivate emotional intelligence is once you start to label your emotions, once you start to put a name to it, once you start to have a better vocabulary when it comes to your emotions and the way you feel and the sensations that you're experiencing at given moments in time, you're going to become more emotionally aware. And this is how you become a better communicator with people in general, with women, whatever it is, especially with women because Women tend to have a better sense of emotional intelligence and as guys, we tend to intellectualize things. And I can notice, I notice this on forum posts and Facebook posts and the way guys talk sometimes, and I used to talk this way too, is I was super analytical. I was like a mathematician or a philosopher when it came to the dating stuff. And I would break things down and I would strategize. But the thing is, you know, when a, when a girl comes across that material, they're going to be like, what is this? It's like so unrelatable because women tend to see the world from a different lens. And if you want to become a better communicator with women, doesn't it make sense that you start to learn the way women see the world as well? I felt like I never really crossed that bridge until I stopped hanging out with so many RSD guys and pickup guys and started hanging out with, around more girls when I was a promoter. So it's almost like you learn through your environment and that's the part that was kind of a paradox to me that I see sometimes guys falling to this trap of because I was in this trap myself was sometimes when we learn so much about the RSD pickup stuff we actually end up spending more time around guys than we do with girls. And what that does is it causes us to philosophize and theorize about different things, but we're not actually putting ourselves in an environment where we're around the people that actually, you know, that we're trying to interact with, that we're trying to communicate with. And I know guys say, well, women don't give good advice. They just say, be confident. They just say, be yourself. But what most guys also don't realize, myself included at one point, is that you want to learn more about how they're saying it rather than what they're saying, right? So it's not just about being yourself or just be confident and taking that at face value. The problem is we're interpreting that like guys do. We're taking the content of what's being said and trying to say, okay, well, let's break that down. What does that actually mean? But when women say it, they're saying it from a place of feeling. They're saying it from their intuition, from their gut, like just be yourself, right? For them, it's very intuitive. And for guys, it's not so intuitive. But as guys, the way we can get more in tune with that is to get more in tune with our emotions first. And the way you can do that is with your field reports, start taking note instead of just what's happening and what you're saying, take note of your emotional state as well. And so this was a game changer for me because 
I, at first, one of the revelations I had was I need to start taking notes and writing down field reports. But at first, when I started writing down my field reports, I would write it like a sequential story or like a step-by-step process. It was like, I went out last night, I talked to this many girls, I spoke with this girl who was wearing this at first, like a yellow dress, and then I, we talked about uh, where I was from, I asked her this thing, and I said this, and it's kind of like a step-by-step process. But instead, when Max asked that question to Immersion, when he asked, what did you find funny about last night? I realized that I was missing the emotional element. And so when I made that adjustment to basically say, okay, well, how did I feel when I was going out last night? How did I feel when I was talking to that girl in the yellow dress? How did I feel throughout the night? Was I feeling nervous? Was I feeling anxious? What did I think about myself? What was my self-talk? And that's how you gain a higher level of self-awareness is by taking notes of not just what happens, but also how you were feeling and those subjective measures. As guys, we tend to underrate the subjective measures because we see them as subjective. They're not objective truth, but at the end of the day, what is objective truth anyway? And to be honest, what I found through studying philosophy and these sorts of things is that there really is no objective truth. It's an illusion. We think that there's some scientific objective truth that we can look at, but in actuality, everything is really just a belief, including science. And the reason, the way I discovered this was I was studying math and I was really into science in college. And then I started getting deeper and deeper into things. And there's this one math class that I took. It was my junior year. It was my fourth year in math. And we got to the point where we were talking about the axiom of choice and how pretty much you have to believe in this axiom. This is the axiom that all math is kind of built out of in topology. And when you get to the genesis of these axioms, you get to that first foundational axiom, but you have to take it on belief. And I realized, okay, well, how is science any different from religion then? How is math any different from religion? Because religion's also taken based on belief. It's just that we tend to have different beliefs and dogmas around each thing, stigmas attached to each thing. Like there's more, I feel like there's more stigma around religion than there is around science these days. Um, Just because people who, we tend to overvalue sometimes reason over emotion in today's society. We tend to see science as superior to any other form of knowledge just because we're using our reason or rational mind. But what we don't realize is actually we tend to overestimate the abilities of our rational mind and underestimate the abilities of our subconscious mind. And in doing so, we're not really tapping into the full potential of who we are as human beings. So that's why, once again, coming full circle, tapping into that subconscious emotional part of ourselves And a lot of guys will dismiss this as being overly spiritual or woo-woo or very feminine. But look, if we're trying to get better with talking to women, then it makes sense to be more in tune with that side of ourselves and to be more empathetic and to be more trusting and forgiving. So there's also this book called Levels of Energy by Frederick Dodson. And it was actually a book 
that was recommended to me by my business mentor. And my business mentor is actually good friends with Owen. Um, and he used to work with Tony Robbins. And, uh, and Owen had actually recommended this book to him. And so I decided to read it because I'm like, well, I look up to both Owen and my business mentor. His name is Eli Wild. Um, so I look up to both of those guys and I might as well read this book. So it's called Levels of Energy by Frederick Dodson. I read it and I read it again and again. I read it three times back to back because it was really a mind-blowing um, book for me. And something I took away from that was there's different levels of energy that we find ourselves in sometimes. And a lot of my... Most of my life, I've been operating from a 400 level of energy, which is very intellectual, um, very academic, and very analytical. 300 level of energy is more like an action taker. So let me actually just go in order. So like 100 level of energy is like shame and anger and like negative emotions. Uh, 200 level of energy is more about security and conformity. And it's kind of like the everyday middle class kind of person, right? This is where most of society tends to congregate congregate around but what tends to happen is a lot of guys breach into the 300 400 500 levels of energy when they hear about something like rsd or when they hear about personal development or self-development and they realize that they don't want that traditional life they're sick of the nine to five um they they take the red pill as they say and they see behind the curtain and so 300 level energy is people that take massive action people that are hustlers, people that are just going out there, um, going out to crush life. And you'll see a lot of successful people here, like successful business uh, people, and also like sometimes athletes are in the 300 level energy range. So not a bad place to be. Um, 400 level energy is more academic. And then 500 level energy is actually more about forgiveness and trust. And Owen talks about a lot of these things in his videos sometimes where he'll talk more about you know these energetic sort of topics that sometimes are a bit too eccentric for a lot of people but um but you start to breach into these sorts of topics about love trust and forgiveness that those are those sorts of words that are associated with a 500 level of energy and then you can go ascend even higher, like 600 level of energy is more like super spiritual. You don't really need any possessions, that sort of thing. And a thousand level of energy is more of a divine place to be, right? There's only a handful of people that have ever attained that, which are, which tend to be people that are in like these spiritual or biblical texts. Um, so that was a book that I read this past year, actually, and it was really interesting. And I know Owen's a big fan of it, and Eli is as well. Um, but that made me think about where am I? And I've spent most of my life in the 400 level energy. And it's not necessarily that one is superior to another. It's just where you are and where you prefer to be. Now, with 500 level energy, it's also about how to make things more effortless. And I feel like this is something that tends to be missing from the whole dating thing is... Um, you know, we, we see ourselves as hustlers or hard workers and we force ourselves to go out night after night and sometimes we burn ourselves out. But really, it should get to the point where we're at essentially unconscious competence where we can just go out and have a good time and focus on that rather than 
having to break things down and really think about it. And that actually stifles you when you're out socializing with people too. And it's contrary to actually what is good communication because good communication or being an effective communicator often comes from a place of turning your brain off and just flowing. And it's not so much about breaking things down and watching infield footage and all of that, which is all well and good. I know I'm sounds like I'm contradicting myself here, but at the same time, you know, there's a time and place to break things down and write field reports and things like that. And then also to be able to focus on just flowing. So here's the balance that I found for myself is that I would go out and I would just, I wouldn't think so much about what I was doing. I was just going out and focused more on having a good time than anything else. And then after the night was over, I would go home and take notes on it. And I would mostly take notes on my emotions more than what actually happened. I would note what actually happened based just to give myself checkpoints on my emotional state at certain times of the night. And what happens is that you become more emotionally aware, especially if you read more books on emotional intelligence and you expand your vocabulary around that. And Tony Robbins actually has this analogy that think about snow, right? We have this word for snow and we, there's really only a handful of words that we have for snow, right? We have snow, we have powder, um, and people who spend more time around snow tend to have more words for it. And he actually said that Eskimos have 87 different words for snow, different types of snow. And so Tony, what he was saying with that analogy is basically the more experience or intelligence you have in something, the bigger vocabulary or linguistic capacity you have in that area. So someone who is very, you know, spends a lot of time in snow, they're going to have a lot more words for snow than the average person. Same thing with emotions. Women tend to be much more expressive when it comes to emotions. When I speak with Laura or I've, I've actually, um, most of my coworkers this year have been women. And it's interesting because I find this is totally opposite of how I was a few years ago, where when I was growing up, my, all my friends would only be men. But as I got older or as I've developed myself personally and become more emotionally intelligent, worked on that part of my life, I find that I'm actually, I have an easier time communicating with women than I do with men now. And, or I, I find it more of a, it's not that I, how do I say this? Because I still can communicate with men, but I just find that maybe in my life, I tend to communicate with women more just because I've had mostly female coworkers and um, I've expanded my circle of being able to communicate. And I think it's just happened naturally just because I've been so focused on learning about emotional intelligence over the past few years and how to become a better communicator rather than focused on the masculine way of approaching how to learn communication and dating, which is just learning from other guys. Um, learning from other guys from a masculine standpoint. I have studied some things from other guys, like Levels of Energy is written by Frederick Dodson. And yeah, it, he's a guy, but he's also very balanced in his perspective. 
And so what I've come to realize is that my energy, I would say, it's not super masculine. I do have a feminine side to me as well. And it's not about, you know, becoming super girly or anything like that. It's about getting in touch with that side of yourself. And one of the things I realized was I did a, an ayahuasca retreat a couple of years ago. It's about two years ago now. Um, it was in Colombia. And it was interesting because I don't cry that much, but on that retreat, I cried for like a few hours straight. And that was something that was a very unique, profound experience for me because like I said, I don't, I'm not a very emotional person naturally or growing up I wasn't. Well, I take that back. I was in my early childhood and then once I got around high school and college, I totally kind of lost touch with that. And then um, I got back in touch with that when I did the ayahuasca retreat and hadn't cried in a few years, um, but I really let things go on that retreat. For some reason, it really came out of nowhere. I felt like I couldn't control it, but I think it was just all of that emotion that was repressed within me. And it just released like a floodgate. And so, being able to experience that was incredible and I wrote about it and so that I felt like was a breakthrough in my emotional intelligence was going through that experience and then yeah that those sorts of things where you get more in touch with their emotions you're going to be a better communicator with women because you're going to be able to empathize better um, and not just with women but with people overall and any context you're going to be able to empathize with people and be able to show appreciation for them, um, be able to express love. And when I say things like love or appreciation, it doesn't mean that you're always positive. You're always like super upbeat and, and trying to encourage them and things like that. Sometimes you do have to talk down to them, but you have to know how to do it and you have to know when. And you know, I, I, I believe sometimes that tough love is necessary to help someone break through, right? A personal trainer who just lets their clients not do any reps, they're not doing them any favors either. So there's a balance to it. And I think at the end of the day, that's really what I'm preaching here is balance. When it comes to the RSD stuff, you know, I think it's, it's good in certain doses, but when people take it to an extreme like I did, and I just applied the concepts blindly to everything, and I went all in without questioning it for so long, that it can lead to detrimental consequences as well. And so it's a matter of being able to temper it and it does take some experimentation yourself, but also you have more answers within yourself than you realize. And I know that it can be tempting to wanna to continue to consume YouTube videos and books and information. And I feel like I'm kind of talking to myself here too because I tend to fall into this very, very easily where I'll spend hours researching things, but you have more answers within yourself than you realize. So take the time to really do some self-reflection, whether it's in the form of meditation or with field reports or anything like that, because that will help you to accelerate to your progress in anything that you're doing and also to visualize what your ideal life will be like and also your ideal version of yourself. And then eventually over time, 
through the feel of gratitude, you're going to be able to get there. Because I believe that you set an intention for where you want to go to, you use gratitude as fuel and appreciation, and that's essentially like the fuel that you put in the car, and then you head to your destination. So hopefully this helps, and thanks for watching, I'll talk soon.